birds are for me are like the carrot on the end of the stick. They're always, it's like, there's always something new that I need to see this, you know, well, I need to go over here, you know, and so many places that I never would have been to, uh, would never even have chosen to go to, I mean, places like, you know, the, the, you know, Mica Creek, uh, Mica Creek rather, um, in Mount Isa, you know, the, just, isn't somewhere I, I don't think I would ever choose to to go and visit. But I went there and saw uh, Calcadoon grass wrens. Yeah, and 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 it was beautiful. It was gorgeous up there, and you know, I mean, just so many places all across this this wonderful continent uh, that I wouldn't have seen if I hadn't have been looking for birds. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Birding Today podcast, where birders come together to discuss the joy of birding. I'm your host, Guillaume Durig. You can also call me Gil, by the way, if you like, which is what they call me at my, at my work, and I actually quite like it, and it's easier to say as well. So let's jump right into this episode today, because I'm absolutely excited for this one, um, because my guest today has actually made his living as a humorous singer-songwriter and entertainer. He recorded three albums of original songs that can be heard on satellite radio, YouTube, and Spotify. And of course, he's also a passionate birder, and has written about a couple travelling and birding the entire continent of Australia in a camper without killing each other. Our guest has been visiting Australia for over 20 years and became a permanent resident 10 years ago, and it's an absolute honour to have him on the show. Please welcome our Bruce Richardson, everyone. How are you, Bruce? I'm good. This is this is exciting. I'm I'm excited as well. It's going to be a cracking episode. So thanks for the time and and let's get right into the the first question of the show, which is what aspect of birding brings you joy? I was going to can you actually read that it's uh, it's it's a quote from uh, John uh, Buchan who is a 19th century Scottish novelist. Yes, yes, and that's a, that's a quote of the yeah, that's in the book as well, isn't it? That quote, the pursuit of what is elusive but attainable, a perpetual series of occasions for hope. Yeah, yep. He wrote it originally about uh, fishing. He said uh, the the allure of fishing is uh, is that, but when I'd always loved the quote, and I realized that is that is the essence of birding to me. It is it's hope. It's Every time you go out, you don't know. You might, you know, what you might see and, and what you hope to see. And and it's, uh, yeah, hope. Hope is a very important word uh, to me. So, yeah, so I had that tattooed on my... Yeah, it's interesting that it's, that that's from fishing. That really, let's talk about that a bit, the parallels between fishing and birding, because that's, it's, it's, it's strange. Mm. I was, I was a, uh, a, a, passionate uh, saltwater sportsman in in the 80s and I even set a uh, international game fish association world record for a fish called a tautog off of uh of, of virginia in the u.s but uh yeah fishing and 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 birding is very similar you get up early uh you, you <laughs> i was gonna say you drink while you do it but that's not a good Example. Um, no, it's a. Uh, I don't drink, by the way. I've been sober for quite a long time. Well, you've read the book. It's in the book. That I Absolutely. Have. Yes. Um, yeah. I, the, the 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 parallels between fishing and and birding are amazing. Birding birding is a lot can be a lot cheaper, but anything can be as expensive as you want it to be. You know. Mm -hmm. I mean, what what people spend on on uh, fishing tackle and stuff. We spend on optics and <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. That, they, uh, they can be expensive, can't they? <laughs> oh, oh, yes. But it's it's a uh, it is the pursuit of what's elusive. It's it's looking for something. Seeking is 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 what I I am a seeker of. I collected ukuleles for a while, which actually I loved the quote too, and I listened to Harry. Uh, I will never try to say Harry's last name, but uh, your interview with Harry, my my dear Emigo from uh, from Finland, 
And when he said anything worth doing is worth overdoing, that is me. If I become interested in something, I will become passionate about it. There's a, 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 a meme that I made that says there's a fine line between obsession and passion. I ignore that line. Mm. And I do, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's a great way to kind of to, to, to keep learning, isn't it? Because you're, you're constantly exposing yourself to, to new things. Yeah, there's no, there is no, that's one of the, uh, another one of the, I mean, there's a zillion things about uh, birding that I love, but the fact that I'll never know everything. I was birding uh, just before we came back to the, uh, to Australia. It was after, just after the year, we went back to the U.S. for uh, several months to gather things together that had to be done. And then, and I went birding with uh, Ken Kaufman who in arguably is, is probably the world's top birder. I don't know, or most, uh, he's incredible, incredible. And, and what he knows and, and what he's written and, uh, is, is, would, has been, is amazing. But I was I went birding with him. He came down uh, and and visited us in North Carolina, and watching him figuring out, you know, seeing something and realizing is, you know, there's so many things he doesn't know. He's learning stuff every day, and he knows way more than I'll ever know. And there's like there's no uh, there's there's no end to there's no like oh, okay. I've done it now. I'm, you know, I've, I've learned. I've reached the end. Mm. Yeah, there is. Yeah. No, it's, it goes as far as you want it to. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, you know, during your travels and especially during the travels of this beautiful book on Australian birding year, which I just finished last week, um, you, you certainly had. <laughs> and there's your copy as well. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. I actually have it so I can refer to it when I'm when I'm doing uh, well, not necessarily like in the middle of an interview. When I'm when I'm doing promotional posts and things about it, and I'll say I wrote about that in chapter, you know, blah blah, and I have to look up what chapter it is. Yeah, yeah, but, that's it. it yeah. It's it's just a beautiful book, and and I'm sure many of our listeners will have read it. Um, and so let's talk a little bit about your uh, about the book. Um, because what what so at at the origin at the outset, what what was it that made you want to write a book like this? To preserve the year for me, to to realize, to fully realize what we had done, I have a, a hard enough time. It's it's what made made me a good entertainer. It's what makes a lot of people uh, who entertain or whatnot uh, good at what they do is the the wanting to understand it themselves, wanting to appreciate for themselves what they've you know, whether, whether they wrote a good song, whether they, you know, wrote a, a good joke or whatever. And, uh, the, the travel of, uh, you know, the birding and travel for, for a year was this phenomenal accomplishment, but I didn't want it to just languish as, you know, tons of, of photos on my hard drive and, and some blogs that I wrote during the, you know, I wanted to pull it all together. Yeah, and that's that's what I did. And I had read one of the the big influences, or a couple of the big influences, on my becoming a birder. I became a birder late in life. I didn't start my list until two thousand nine. So, the, you know, that's you have people that talk about when they started birding when they were five and stuff. I didn't. I was I was fishing then, but uh, but it, it 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 was it was just a, I wanted to to preserve it for. For my uh, for myself, and and so I have this, you know, this I can pick it up and see where I was, you know, when and stuff. Yeah, for sure, and it's it's a physical manifestation of of, of that year. You know, there's something important, there's something amazing that you can hold something. Yeah, yeah. It's a physical manifestation of that year. I mean, when I'm long gone. I, I loved the first uh, time someone showed me a photo of it in a library. Uh, to The idea of, of something that I 
wrote in about something I did being in a library is, you know, long after I'm gone, hopefully somebody may pick that up and read about this guy. But oh, what I started to say that, that I didn't actually get back to was uh, that I had read Kingbird Highway by Ken Kaufman, brilliant uh, big year story. And, uh, and the twitch, uh, the big twitch by uh, Sean Dooley here. And, and those had influenced me to become a birder, you know, and this was back this was before I was really a birder. And I can remember particularly, you know, since I'm in Australia, the, the uh, reading the big twitch and, and the, the places that Sean Dooley talked about. And I thought, oh, I can, I'll never see, you know, and never. And now I've been to all those places and, or almost all of those places. Uh, he did a tourist straight trip and I have not yet done one of those. But, uh, but I've also been to places that he hasn't been since then. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, so those were, those were, those books, their influence on me made me want to record what we had done. Although it was not a big year, that's an important distinction to make. There were decisions that we made. Uh, my wife was adamant that she did not want us to do a big year. She had known, uh, well, we know John Weigel uh, and his lovely wife, Robin, well. And John has uh, set the, the record that I think will probably won't be broken in Australia, but, uh, but she, she, so she knew what a big year entailed, you know, the, the, the travel and the keep going for numbers and keep going for numbers. And she had said, no, I won't do that. I want to do, you know, this, I'll do this, the travel and stuff. And, but we're not going to go for the big year number. And we didn't. There, there are examples, and I think I've mentioned them in the book. I mentioned in the book that it wasn't a big year, at least a couple of times. But uh, but I still have people that, uh, you know, think of it as a, as a big year. And and 640 birds as a couple is, is pretty big. But it wasn't like we, we didn't go uh, – out to uh, to Rottnest Island and and get uh, in and tick the pheasant, right? Yeah, it's not. It's, it wasn't about the numbers as such, although although it was exciting to kind of see how far you would get. It was that was it was it was uh, actually John Weigel who said, uh, you know, when Lynn was saying we are not going to do about not do a big <laughs> year, and and John said. You're going to be birding. I mean, if you didn't keep, you'd be mad if you didn't keep a list of what you saw together. And so that's what became the, the, the difference of, okay, it's not a big year. We'll just see how many birds we can see together as a couple without, you know, pushing for the number. And I, and I think what makes a book engaging is that it's not, only about the birds, you know, you, you have all these dynamics with different people and, and your own struggles, you know, and that makes it a real story, which, which is, you know, it is a story. And, and that's what really enticed me as well, as well as the beautiful birds and the beautiful photos that are in the, that are in the book as well. But it's, it's not only about that, it's about the journey and the people and, and your experiences, I think. Yes. Well, thank you. It, uh, that's, that's what it, I, I just, I wrote about what happened and, and, and I wrote about it from my, you know, my viewpoint and, and what I felt about it. And so, I mean, it's me, it's you, as, as I've said about, uh, about my, my songs and my book, if you've read my book, you've pretty much met me. It's not, you're not going to be, you know, too surprised about anything if you've read the book, you know, and it's the same thing with what I used to tell people. If you've seen me perform, you've met me, that's me on stage. You know, on stage, it's a, it's a more on me, you know, it's, it's, and it's, it, it had its, uh, you know, everything had its, its, its timing and, and whatnot, as opposed to right now, but, uh, because I was performing, but, uh, but it was me, you know, genuinely me and the book is genuinely me. Yeah. And I, I like, I just want to touch on this as well. I just, I just remembered that 
I like there's, a, there's this kind of theme that runs along the book, which is tears in the rain. And that's why you wanted to preserve their experiences, oh. you know? I love that. I really like that, you know? That, yeah, that, uh, the, the quote from Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, it's a great way to describe how memories can be lost because like, certainly even, even at my relatively young age, uh, there's stuff that I, that are, that are lost in the past that I haven't preserved or written about or done anything to, 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 to maintain up until this day. It's just in the past and like tears in the rain. So I just thought, I, I think that's a beautiful kind of quote to, and to, and to encourage others also to, to, to kind of make memories tangible and, uh, like we were mentioning, physically manifested. Mm. Yes. yes. Well, that's that's what uh, I, I know at some point you're going to ask about photography, but that's what photography has become for me now is memory shots and and taking the emphasis off of, particularly getting the emphasis off of, I got to get a better shot of, I got to, oh, there was a stick in front of the, you know, the, <laughs> You know, look at the damn bird and appreciate it and get a, you know, get a shot to remember it. But, you know, unless you're working for National Geographic and you're trying to do the cover shot, you know, it's anyway, that's the, the memories. Absolutely. Yeah. And actually, we can we can jump forward to that section because I, I did want to read just a quick passage from from the book, which really spoke to me. Um, it's on page 171, if anyone wants to read along or whatever. Um, but it, it really did speak to me. So this is where you're talking about listing and ticking in photography. I have been working on pulling away from the emphasis on getting a photo. I want to put more emphasis on experiencing the bird, seeing it through my binoculars, not only seeing it later on my laptop. I have really begun to hate the first question every time one sees a new bird being, did you get a photo? As if that is the end all of birding. Yeah, absolutely. That has, th that, th I, I don't know if it still is, well, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know if it still is as, there was a period of time where it did seem like every single time that I would see a new bird, people would say before they said, you know, before they asked anything else, did you get a photo? Huh. Did you get a photo? And, and it, it began it, and, and it put that emphasis on it so that there were, there were some birds that I did not get a photo of, you know, but I saw and clearly identified and knew what it was, but I, I didn't get a photo and I, and I felt uh, disappointment. I think that may, that is in the book in it way. It was Close to the beginning, or we ran into, uh, yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a time in, in the beginning of the year when I had Lynn had gotten a life bird. It wasn't a life bird for me, but uh, it was a, a Mali emu wren, and I hadn't gotten a photo of it. And it, I, I was feeling this really down, you know, like I'd failed, and, wow. and it hit. No, I've, you know, I've helped her find this beautiful little endangered bird and saw it beautifully, but I didn't get a photo of it. And I was letting that disappoint me. I was letting it wreck the feeling of, uh, letting it ruin that, uh, that, that good feeling. So that, um, that was, that was, you know, a point that I can, I can remember the exact point that I got thinking, you know, I want to pull away from putting the emphasis on on getting a photo. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really interesting because, you know, so why do you think you were, you were disappointed and frustrated? Is it because, like, it links back to what we were saying about having something to remember and experience by, because if you don't have a photo, then you'd, all you have to rely on is your memory, I suppose. And words, and words, writing and writing about what you saw. So that's, you know, that, again, is, 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 coming back to to why I wrote the book and why I write why I've written another book what struck me also was the the constant presence or the constant mention of how useful Facebook was to you and the connections you made through Facebook um so is that still is that still a, a big tool for you in birding like is that still something you go to to get information and make new connections Facebook or 
it it is and and it isn't uh some people have pulled away from facebook because uh it's it, there is become such a divisive world uh as politically and uh well politically and uh it, it's so it's not it's not i don't uh i'm not on facebook as much as i used to be but i am on there a lot with uh we have the uh the the book facebook page uh, yeah an australian birding gear the book and uh and i'm on that a lot and uh and i check on my friends and i keep in but it is still my main Tool. And it's the main, I, I, I and I keep a, a close watch on the Australian Twitchers page. <laughs> that That's the, you know, the go-to information of a new bird showing up somewhere. Yeah. Although it's mostly frustrating now with the, the virus going on and not being able to, to travel, but uh, to some places. But anyway, it's, yeah, it's still, I still, uh, it's still, very important to me and and it uh it was hugely important during the the book you know during the the year of travel mm -hmm. yeah because it means you can you know could keep in touch and and you know connect with other birders to ask information and pass on different different sites and locations and and yeah i, I think it's it's a wonderful thing yeah but but you're right i think there's been a kind of a gradual shift maybe away from facebook a little bit or something's happened yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of, th there are people I know who say they don't do Facebook anymore and they're on Instagram, which is owned by Facebook. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and I'm, I'm on Instagram and, and Twitter now, you know, just to sort of spread out over. And, and a lot of that has to do with, with, uh, with wanting to, to, to share the book, you know, to, to promote the book. Yes, and, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, Facebook is, I've, you know, I have dear friends all around the world. And uh, not only that I've met, but also friends I haven't met, like Harry. But, uh, and Facebook is, is the way that I keep in touch with them, you know. I wanted also to, to kind of shift to, to the future because I, I know that you're working on a, on a follow-up book. So how's that coming along? How's, how's that going? Uh, more Australian birding tales is, uh, I have finished the text of it and, uh, I'm just waiting for, uh, it's going to be again, John Beaufoy publishing and, uh, the, his editor, uh, will be, working on it and then sending it back to me saying, why did you write this uh, <laughs> or whatnot? And, uh, yeah. and that's, that's the point I'm at now. I have, I'm just waiting for them to start putting it together. It's supposed to come out later this year. I mean, they hope, hopefully it, it will, mm -hmm. but, uh, but yeah, I finished the text on it and I chose the photos to go with it. There's a lot of, uh, there's been a lot of birding and travel that has gone on that, that I've done since, uh, since the, uh, Australian birding year. And, uh, yeah, and it's some interesting stuff. I mean, there's things like, uh, I can look up to my left and see the picture of me swimming over a whale shark that happened, uh, wow. Off, uh, yeah. Off Christmas Island. And that was just, I was on a birding trip and, and we we found out that whale sharks were being seen close, and and the guy that uh, uh, the the it was uh, Richard Baxter's tour, and uh, Richard had a guy that would would take us out on a boat to do snorkeling if we wanted to, and he said, you know, we can, we can go out and we'll probably see whale sharks, and I I'd never that was one of the most one of the biggest experiences. I had a whale shark done on this. Oh wow. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. On this one. And, but, uh, yeah. And that, that was, again, birds led me to that. I would not have been on Christmas Island. I also fell in love with Cocos Island, did a week on Cocos and a week on Christmas. And, uh, I would never have been there if I wasn't a birder, if I hadn't 
been been going to look for birds and while i was looking for birds i saw you know i got to go and swim with swim above with you know within wow it came up under me and it came up under me closer than i would have gone to it it was an amazing phenomenal the back of of a, of a whale shark looks like an aboriginal painting wow yeah yeah that's a great comparison yeah wow it's moving uh it was it was uh, my friend uh, Jenny Spry, uh, she she was in the water with me. It was uh, four of us in the water, I believe. And we got back into the boat and and we hugged each other. And she said, "That was rapturous." And I thought that's perfect. You know. That's- wow. Yeah. So she oh, should be quoted in the in the new book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I, I bet. Yeah, that sounds amazing. And it's just another example of the there is a spiritual component, I think, to birding and the experiences that that come with birding, such as the, a whale swimming with a whale shark. Like, you know, it's really incredible, and it's it really is the gateway to appreciating nature for me at least, because birds are so birds are everywhere. You know, that's kind of my tagline. Like, birds are everywhere. So necessarily that's the way you're going to enter into the to this beautiful natural world and the appreciation for a natural world yeah yes and it leads you on it's i talk in 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 the 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 new book i i mentioned that birds are for me are like the carrot on the end of the stick they're always it's like there's always something new that i need to see this you know well i need to go over here you know and so many places that i never would have been to uh, would never even have chosen to go to. I mean, places like you know the the you know Micah Creek, uh, Micah Creek rather, um, in Mount Isa, you know, it just isn't somewhere I, I don't think I would ever choose to to go and visit. But I went there and saw Calcadoon uh, grass wrens. Yeah, and 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 it was beautiful. It was gorgeous up there, and. You know, I mean, just so many places all across this this wonderful continent uh, that I wouldn't have seen if I hadn't have been looking for birds. Yeah, yeah, and one of my favorite parts of the book as well is when is when you're in in and around the Broom Bird Observatory, you know, because it, that's a great part. It's because like it's such a legendary place in Australia and indeed worldwide for birds that I loved reading about that and and the descriptions and yeah. Lovely. Broom, Broom was uh, Broom was a uh, delightful part of, of the year. It was so hot, though, and that's why we stayed. We actually were going to just stay there for a week or 10 days. We stayed there for almost three weeks, right at three weeks, because we were waiting for the temperature to go down a bit because we were going to travel north and, and west from there, which we did, as you know. But... Uh, but yeah, yeah, it was delightful to spend that time there. Yeah, just I can imagine. I've never been. I'd love to. One day I'll go when when all this COVID stuff is a bit a bit calmer. But um, yeah. Oh uh, God. <laughs> I know um, the stress is horrible. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and so just to just to kind of wrap up the section of, of the book, I, I know that you, you the, I, I think I know the answer already. But there's there's so many destinations in the book that that, that you describe and that you really love. But what is, what's the, the, the place that you, if you had to choose one to go back to, you know, for the rest of your life, which one would it be? Had to? Because I, I, I knew you were going to ask that question. And so I got thinking, I came up with uh, three, one of them, one of them being Broom Bird Observatory. Right. But uh, one, if I had to choose one, uh, Kingfisher Park Bird Watchers Lodge. Mm. Uh, I love I love Carol and and Andrew who, who own it, um, but it's it's an it's a it is a magical place and it's the place that I think most out of the big twitch uh, Sean Dooley's book um, b- before ever I thought I'd ever even get ever get up there and see that I, I it sounded so delightful and. Uh, and it was, and it is, and and I went back to it, and and I keep in in regular touch with 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 Carol, and uh, and I will go back there again. So that is a magical place. Plus, it's a jumping off point for, you know, if 
to to go up into the iron range, which uh, is one of the other places that I would say, you know, if you if to to a birder coming to Australia, if you could only go to one place, you know, the Cape York, I guess, would be you know the Iron Range. Yeah. But uh, my favorite place, Kingfisher Park Birdwatcher Lodge. Yeah, fantastic. It's just you know that your 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 adoration for that place just shines through the pages you know it's it's really a delight i got a lovely message on uh on on facebook from carol uh Isles that said uh to to you and the world i just want to say we had uh three or four oh hell i should have written this down uh <laughs> well I, I copied it and pasted it somewhere in, in a list of things anyway they'd had three or four bookings that came in like in the same week that were all people that were coming there because they'd read about it in my book. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, well, that's exactly what I want the book to do, you know, to, to let, to, to share my love of places so that other people can, can love them too, hopefully, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The sharing, the sharing, you know, of, of, of these, of these natural wonders is important. And Australia has so many of those things, and and that leads me on to your perception of Australian birding f- f- as an American. How how is it different? I'm, I, re- I really love this, and I talked about this with Harry regarding Finland and Australia and the differences in birding between Finland and Australia. But in this case, what are the differences in birding between the U.S. and Australia? Do you think? As far as the actual going birding it's not particularly different. A good birder in Australia birds like a good birder in the U S birds. I mean, it's they're, they're, you know, you, you gather information, you look for the birds, you, you know, you listen, which I have a real difficult time with. Um, you, it's the birding itself is very, uh, very similar. Right. Uh, The, the difference in the, the birding world is that uh, one of the differences is, is the, in the U S you've got birding festivals that are oh, huge. Yeah. You've got the biggest week in American birding, which oh, it breaks my heart that went, we were going to do the launch of, of uh, an Australian birding year uh, at the biggest week. And this was planned before COVID hit. When I was there before the, the the pandemic and all, uh you had you had the biggest week in American birding, uh, which is where we got life or pie. Um, you had uh the the Rio Grande uh Valley Burning Festival. And both of well those two specifically draw thousands of, of bird watchers. And so you meet all of these you know, these, these other birders and, and you meet the, you know, the people that wrote the books and write the books and the people that the guides and, and whatnot. And in Australia, we don't have a, uh, we don't have burning festivals. I mean, I know there's, there's one sort of festival that happens in Sydney that I don't, I've never gone to it. I, I don't know. Mm, Are mm. you familiar? With it. I, I think uh, I think that there might be one <clears throat> in Sydney and also one in Catherine in the Northern Territory. I think there's there's one up there. But but why do you think that is then that that there aren't any b- big birding festivals here? Is it solely due to numbers and uh, the popularity of birding? I think it's due to numbers. Yeah, pure. I mean, that's what when uh, again mentioning uh, John John Weigel. Uh, went to the biggest week in American birding with me. There actually is a picture of him in the book where he's helping us plan our year uh, at a table in, in Ohio at, at the biggest week in American birding. And, uh, and he was just, he loved it. And he said, we've got to do something like this in Australia. Uh And, And that never, that never went anywhere, which, uh, just didn't. And it was it, it predominantly we figured it was because of the numbers. It's it's hard. It would be hard to get something like that 
sorted because there aren't enough enough birders. There aren't enough people. I mean, yeah. So I think I think it's not. Yeah. To answer your question succinctly, I think it it has to do with 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 numbers. I like exploring that because like birding is a, such a global thing, you know, that's what makes it so great for anyone anywhere in the world, you know, to, to start birding and, and yeah, I, I just like exploring the differences and also not only in the birding itself, but in the, in the, in the hobby of birding or the passion and the joy of birding, how it's different everywhere in the world. And, uh, and I'm sure people listening will agree that it's, and, you know, and that's, that's kind of the joy of going somewhere that's completely new. Like, for example, I, um, in 2016, I went to French Guiana, which is north of Brazil. It's a department of France, an overseas department of France. And I can, I can go because I have a French passport. And just the, 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 the newness of it and not being familiar with, I think I was familiar with one call before going, you know, because I just went kind of on a whim sort of thing. And, and you know, going birding somewhere completely new, first of all, it's very humbling because you know if you if if you stay in the same place birding you 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 get quite good at birding but when you when you go somewhere new it's like i don't know anything about this place so i have to learn i have to go back to the bottom of the ladder and learn about this place and yeah i, I that's in short that's just why i love going somewhere new to bird you know and that's and i'm sure you'll agree with that <laughs> yeah i had a a very similar thing in uh in 2011, I was invited uh, by by a friend who had booked uh, four days, four guided, four days of being guided in uh, in Spain. And Spain was not even on my radar for. I was living in the U.S. then, and uh, and yet I had this opportunity to go to Spain and bird for a year. And that was that I mean, a year, but bird for for four days. <laughs> and uh, that was that was just as you said. It was hum everything was new. Everything was a lifer. Everything was. Uh, I saw a lammergeier, which was amazing. Although it was like a mile off, but you know, the, the I looked at it through the scope with the guide. Wow. Um, yeah, yeah. That going to somewhere uh, completely, you know, that you'd never been before, and that was really a case of the birds leading me there. I had no. I mean, Spain is is cool. You know, I I would like to, if I had uh, utterly unlimited resources, I would like to see everywhere. You know, I mean, that's. Uh, but but Spain was not like at the top of my I want to go to. I just ended up. Birds gave me the opportunity, and I went. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep, yep, yep. Ah, so so much to talk about, and I think. Um... And I think going, going just going back to your book as well, and 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 the impact that's had, also on on younger birders and newer birders, not necessarily younger birders, but people who are getting into it for the first time. Um, if there's you know, if there's any tips or any ideas that you have for them to progress, and make you know, make progress in 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 birding. Do you have any tips or ideas about that? Any. Any, any words of wisdom? I do indeed. Believe it or not, I do have <laughs> words. Of, no, it's, uh, it's, people used to ask me, uh, I, I made my living as an entertainer, as R. Bruce. And uh, I traveled all over the U.S. touring, doing uh, predominantly comedy venues. And that's, that's where I made my living. And, uh, People would ask, you know, about doing comedy and and uh, particularly and as well as music and funny songs, and and they'd say, you know, do you have advice for people? And and the advice that almost anyone with experience at that uh, in in entertainment would say, stage time, get stage time. Anytime you can get on stage and perform, do it. Stage time. And I realized that's exactly what uh, I would advise people who are starting out birding. Except instead of stage time, it's birding time. The more you bird, the better you get at it. You know, the more times you see, you know, whatever fly across in front of you, 
the 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 better you get it going. No, that was a you know, I mean, just like like you can you can see a a, a black kite at a glance. You know, yeah. Now, well, ten years ago, I would have had to. Oh, let me look at it and see. Has it got a forked tail? Is it you know this? You know, but now you know you're used to seeing how it. You know the the jizz of the bird as they yeah. as they refer to it. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's that's the thing. Go birding. Yeah, you know, get a good uh-huh. get a good field guide, a good and not necessarily just a field guide, meaning something you can carry with you, but the uh, the uh, Australian bird guide, which is too big to carry in your pocket birding. But uh, if you're a new birder, it should be in your car anyway. But uh, get out and, and bird. Yeah, that's a great. That, yeah, that, that is a really good answer. Like, it, it, it may seem obvious, but actually, you know, not really. Like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's sort of like practice. It's like, it's like music, you know. And I, I'm a musician as well, actually. It's exactly like music. Yeah. And, and, and the way you get good at music is by practicing and you know especially if, if you know on the guitar or if you have stage fright and you want to you want to kind of conquer that it's like do the thing that you want to get good at more you know yeah absolutely absolutely and i think I, I touched on this i'm not sure if you saw the episode with david adam that i did last season and in, in season 1 season 1 episode 10 um cuz he's also a musician and I, and i had a great time talking to him also oh, about he's the, a- yeah he he's great. He's a very good musician. See, he's a he's a proper muso. I mean, he is a he's a incredible guitarist. I've sat and played with him before. Uh, I I can I play guitar pretty good because I I made my living with a guitar in front of a microphone. But it was it was what it was a tool for me. And I was at work, and I would put the tool down when when I got home from work. And, you know, I'm still, to this day, I'm not a guy that, you know, sits around and plays guitar. I, I just, I don't. I, I performed. I love performing, sharing, my, you know, music and, and, and words with people. But sitting around by myself, you know, I'll watch TV. You know, it's, <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, go ahead. What did David have to say? Well, I, I just mentioned that because we, we spoke about, the parallels between the joy of birding and the joy of of music you know not necessarily only performing but just playing and even listening to to great music you there is a sense of of euphoria or joy he he said he put it as euphoria especially when performing which i really found interesting because the the parallels are difficult to kind of distinguish you know when you see an amazing bird and when you listen to amazing music it's like what's the difference you know? Yeah, it's same. You know, dopamine. It's it's brain chemicals going. Wee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. is. Yeah, it is. So that there, there absolutely is that 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 connection. I'm trying to think if I because I'm I'm so steeped in the second book that I that they blur the lines of what I wrote about in the first book and in the second book. Uh, did I, I must have talked about life for high. Yeah, of course. I love that. Yeah, life for high. Yeah. And life for high, uh, I talk about it quite a bit in the second book because uh, lifers get, get harder to come by. And uh, and the the so that's, you know, similar to what you're talking about, about the euphoria, you know, of 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 what what good music can can make you feel. That uh, reflecting on that, you know, that I finally just saw a yellow rumped mannequin, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. that reverberated through me for for days afterwards. That took that was a, that was a bogey bird that I didn't see in the book, and uh, but I did I did finally I drove up to Catherine and, and saw one. Wow, yeah, I, that, that, that's I, I love that. There's also quite a lot of humor in the book as well, which I, I think you know. Never lose your sense of humor. If you if you start to get too serious about it all, then it then the joy kind of declines, you know. I, I would I would argue, but but if you if you if you if you keep it kind of light and uh, do you see what I'm trying to say? Like, don't make it too serious. Well, yeah. I mean, I can't I can't 
be too serious. I mean, I can't be, it's, I, I can't not be funny if I think of something funny. Yeah. Um, so, so in my writing, the, the funny parts happen, you know, they're, they're not so much that, oh, you know, isn't he clever? He thought of this funny thing. <laughs> it just, it's, it's, it was there. I just wrote it down. It just came out, you know, it just, it just happened. So, yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a lot there and there's a lot of funny stuff in the, uh, in the second book there, there's, yeah, there are more, I wouldn't say more. There's funny stuff in the first book too, but yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I really did. And I can't wait to, to I can't wait to, to, to read the, the next installment. It's really, it must be, it must be really fulfilling to have this platform where you can write and, and, and know that a lot of people will read it, I imagine. I mean, um, I, I was actually, I was talking to Tim Dolby for one of these episodes. It's not, it's not out yet at time of recording, but it, it will come out soon. And um, we we're talking about his follow-up. Well, actually, um, the, the book that you had, the Dolby Clark Finding Australian Birds book was quite vital for you guys as well. There it is. Oh, where's my copy? It's over there. Yeah. Look, uh, at, look at the condition that's in though. And that's what I've left it like that with the sticky notes stuck in it and all from actually from when uh, when John was helping us plan the, the route. Right. We, we sticky noted pages regarding <laughs> specific birds. And uh, yeah, this road, this road all the way around Australia with us. Yeah. I mean, the things that are. It's just it's just amazing. Yeah. And, and so the, the reason I bring that up is that. He he said that the the market, you know, the target audience for a book like that could it, it can be argued that it's quite small. But then he said, "Oh no, because you know all the all the British birders and American birders that come over are going to also get this book to help them out." And so it's quite similar to your books, um, I would argue, because you know it's it's it, it it sheds a light on Australian birding, and so the, the, there's actually quite a big market for a book like that. I, I would say. I I hope so. <laughs> it's done. The book is done very well in in Australia, predominantly. But it right. was, we also had issues with uh, distribution in in the U.S. Uh, had to do with the shipment uh, that was held up for. You know, this again. This has to do with the the virus. I think. Um, I don't know, but. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, I wrote the book, honestly, my, in the back of my head, I was writing it to more to uh, American birders and, and friends there that hadn't been to Australia. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was sort of, sort of explaining things. That's why I put a glossary in there that had Aussie terms Yeah, in it. Uh but uh, but it is it's it's a, it's it's an internationally hopefully internationally interesting book to birders all around the world. I mean, we we know there's a guy in Finland likes it a lot. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's that's brilliant. Yeah, and and so it's it's all it's all really interesting to to talk about the the publishing world as well and all of that. And but we we're going to have to wrap up soon, unfortunately. Uh, because the time's running short, but there is one more question that I'm interested in asking you, which is the obligatory question, and you you probably yeah. have, thought, have thought about it. Oh, here we go. Um, which is, what's your favorite bird, Bruce Richardson? <laughs> As everyone, I would imagine that, uh, and I, w I will go back and, and listen to David's, uh, I'd like to listen to all of the, the podcasts, but... Uh, uh, imagine a lot of people say, I can't pick just one, or it's too hard to pick just one. And it is. There, there are several that that hit the, you know, the top group. One would be Southern Cassowary, just because it's, it's, it's like, it's like going to, to Jurassic Park or something <laughs> when you see your first living dinosaur walking about you know that bird was is you know that's close to the top so 
Texas Plains Wanderer, which I have a tattoo of. Uh, that's Plains Wanderer there. Oh, yeah. Know, it's torquacious. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Um, Letterwing Kite is one of my favorites. That's an upside down Letterwing Kite. There it is. Yeah. That's, oh, that's inspiring. That, oh, that's so cool. Uh, Princess Parrot, which which I did go out into the, that's in the second book. We, we went on the, the great uh, Princess Parrot expedition into the, the North Gibson Desert. That was phenomenal. Wow. But uh, so, yeah, favorite bird is, uh, I love apostle birds. I do <laughs> love them. They are they they're one of my favorite birds, and that's what one of my favorite birds comes up a lot. But uh, I'll, if I've got to choose one, southern cassowary, just because, just because. Yeah, yeah. Look at one. Look at look at it for a while and go. You know, somebody made that up. That's not. You know, that's not real. I mean, if the waddle, if the 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 red and, and, and blue waddles weren't enough, then it's got this, what the <laughs> hell is that on top of its head, you know? And the velociraptor claw as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That it has on the big, yeah. Oh, that, that's, it's amazing up there, isn't it? Oh, oh it's, so yeah, so many, so, so many hard choices, you know, and my, my favorite bird kind of changes uh, with, with each, you know, with each outing, really, I see every time I go out to bird, I see, an, you know, I'll, I'll usually have a highlight, and it's like, oh, this this bird is incredible. Like, like I'm still kind of on a channel build cuckoo high. I love those. Oh, they're so great. Yeah, very special bird to. I, I yeah, me me too. Yeah, that is that's a bird that's just. Oh my god, it's an oh my god bird. You know. Yeah, yeah, and it's quite prehistoric in the same way that the, the cassowary is yeah. because you know it's like a the pterodactyl. Like, oh, yeah, I can't get enough of it. And and up here on the Coffs Coast, there's a lot of them at this time of year as well. So it's, it's really, really nice. Oh, wait till you see an Abbott's booby. Talk about uh, pterodactyl looking. The, the, length, the length and elegance of the wings are, it's so, ah, anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can. <laughs> we could go on for hours. <laughs> yes, I know uh, And I don't know how many, how many listeners we've got at this point, but it's, but, Bruce, it's been such a such a beautiful time. So thank you so much for for coming on the show. It's it's been fantastic. Oh, thank you for having me on the show. I mean, it's it, this is this is uh, promoting my book as well as giving me an opportunity to talk about something that I am passionate about and and babble about it and, and just uh, it's fun. It, thank you. Righto. Well, thanks. Thanks so much. And uh, hopefully we, we see each other in the field sometime. I, I always say this at the end of my episodes and it would be great to see you, to meet you in person. I, I hope so. Where, where are you based? Just north of Coffs Harbour, mid-north coast, New South Wales. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, since about, since October, since October last year. So it's been, I've been, I've been really enjoying the birds because originally I was in Melbourne and, and now I'm up here. So it's a big, big shift birding wise. Absolutely. Yeah. A lot of, yep, yep. So, yeah. Okay, well, I'll see you next time, Bruce. Thanks so much again. Bye-bye. My pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Birding Today podcast. New episodes are released every Friday. And if you'd like to get in touch, just write an email to birdingtoday at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and see you next time.